Hello, this is Bob Diamond, and welcome to this podcast episode where I'm going to be talking about something new the government has given us to do, and that is the Corporate Transparency Act. And this is a new law that Congress passed. It became effective January 1st of 2024. And you have to register your entity, if you have one, with the federal government. Otherwise, you face some pretty stiff penalties, penalties being up to two years in jail and a $500 a day fine. So not that I think they're going to be just tossing people in jail right and left, um, but I do think they'll fine you pretty quick. And this is something that you just need to comply with. Thankfully, not too difficult to comply with. So the purpose of this podcast is to alert you to this new thing that you need to take care of, um, to tell you about when it needs to be taken care of, and the deadlines are different depending whether you have an existing entity, which has one deadline, versus a new entity that you form anytime on or after January 1st of 2024. So let's talk about this um, act that is called the Corporate Transparency Act. You'll see it abbreviated CTA in a lot of places. And essentially, it's a law that you need to let the federal government know who the decision makers and who the owners are of any entity that you have, whether you're talking about an LLC or a corporation, a limited partnership. Um, and we'll talk more in detail about exactly which ones you know this applies to, but it's most of them. And this applies whether you have an LLC that you're not doing anything with right now, or an LLC that maybe own one rental property, or for that matter, you know, have a lemonade stand. Any of those those entities need to be registered and you have to keep them updated. So if anything changes, and that would mean the, the ownership structure, meaning new owners or owner comes or goes, change of address of owners, um, change of address of the business, um, anything like that, you need to update the records with the with FinCEN, which is the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network. So I know, you know, neither me nor anyone else is too excited about having more paperwork to fill in, but it is just necessary. And, you know, if you don't like it, complain to your congressman, um, but fill in the paperwork anyway, because we don't have to like it. But, you know, unfortunately, we do need to comply with these things. So let me show you to start with um, the FinCEN website, which is very, very informative, I think well done. So the FinCEN has come up with a pretty good website that can answer all of your questions. And I'm going to give you an overview so you don't have to go through every piece of information and, and maybe not even feel confident that you've got it. But what I would tell you just to start with, assume that you do need to comply with this. Assume that for an existing entity, your deadline is January 1st of 2025. So we're just going to call it for easy purposes. The end of the year in 2024 is your deadline. Please don't let it go. This is not a hard thing to comply with. And you know, my, my thoughts are that towards the end of the year, all the professionals are going to be busy. So if you have questions, it may be hard to get them answered. Um, the website may go down and then you'll just put yourself in a pickle. So I'd really much rather have you just log on, do what you need to do, get it registered and just move on. But there's another deadline. If you form an entity um, in 2023, I'm sorry, if you form an entity in 2024, then you need to register it right away. And that means when you form it, you need to register it. and you know, just take care of it. it you, your deadline is 90 days. It's not uh, not till the end of the year. So, so make sure you register it right away. 
And if you make any changes, make sure in either case, once you've registered, if you make changes, meaning a new owner comes on board, the address of an owner changes, the address of the business changes, make sure you go in and update the information. Um, this is a serious law. You know, when they, when they make one of the potential penalties, two years in jail and a $500 per day fine, you have to take it seriously because, you know, they, they like to charge fines and, you know, who knows when you go to prosecutor that's really itching to put somebody in jail to, to give everybody else a lesson. So you don't want to be subject to that. So, so let's not make it, you know, harder than it needs to be on ourselves. So I'm going to share the screen because I'm going to show you their website, which is, I think, very useful. So if you come here to fincen.gov and it's forward slash BOI-FAQS, but fincen.gov, boi FAQS. These are the frequently asked questions. I thought they were very, very good. Um, you know, it has hyperlinks to everything. So for example, you know, what is beneficial ownership information? It tells you and not, you know, it's government speak. So it's only so clear it's beneficial ownership information refers to identifying information about individuals who directly or indirectly own or control a company addresses, things like that. And you know, this, this database is supposedly not going to be accessible to the public. We all know their data leaks all the time. So know that that just may be a part of it, but you are required to give them the addresses of all the owners um, and beneficial owners. So someone is benefiting from this. And second, they say, you know, what, why do companies have to do this? They basically just tell you because Congress passed the law. Um, they have all this other language, but whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, they also tell you who's going to get access to the information. I, I would just assume at some point there's going to be a data leak and all of this is going to get out. And then they'll say, oh, gee, so sorry. Um, supposedly, it's just federal, state, and local officials and some foreign officials who send a request. Maybe. But I would assume with, with data leaks today that eventually everybody will have it. So just understand that's, you know, that's one of the things you have. Sometimes people register entities in Wyoming because it provides probably the best privacy of any of any state as far as registering your entity. So if you're worried about privacy, I would first register your entity in Wyoming. Um, so that would be my first thing. And then just understand FinCEN may be a leak in that, and it just might be. And so, you know, we're going to be registering there. And if you look down in this website, it had some really nice charts. Um, and this is a chart answering the question of, you know, who, what companies need to register. And I'm going to tell you, it's most of them. There's a list of excluded entities, but the excluded entities are really large companies that already have a bunch of re reporting requirements anyway, or highly regulated industries where they have, again, a lot of federal reporting requirements. So this information is already out there. But if you follow this chart, it's pretty good. So first question, under what law was the company created or formed? Um, if it's under U.S. laws, which include states and Indian tribes, first question, is it a corporation? If the answer is no, then next question, is it a limited liability company? If the answer is yes, then it may be a reporting company. I can tell you almost certainly it's yes. Same thing if it's a if it's a corporation. If the answer is yes, maybe a domestic reporting company almost certainly is. Um, but let's take the no. It's not a corporation. It's not a limited liability company. And then the next question, was the company created by the filing of a document with the Secretary of State um, or under the law of some state or Indian tribe? 
So those would be things like a limited partnership, for example. That's, you know, that is registered with the Secretary of State of, of whatever state you, you filed it in. And probably, I'm not familiar with state and Indian laws, probably there too, although that's not my, my specialty area. What I think it wouldn't apply to is something that's not registered at all with the state. Like, for example, if you have a trust, you know, you put together a trust, which is a separate entity um, to take care of your kids, you know, if something happens to you or, or something like that. Um, if it's not registered with the Secretary of State, it's not going to be a reporting company. And that's where it tells you in this in this um, chart, was the company created by the filing of a document with the Secretary of State or similar office? No, then it's not a reporting company. Not a reporting company means you don't need to register with FinCEN. Now, let me also just talk about that briefly. My advice, if you're in doubt, just register. And register is not an appealing thing to me to, to give the government any more information than you need to. But that being said, the penalties, if you get it wrong, are, are potentially very high. Large fines, it would add up quickly. You know, $500 a day is, is something that could add up to a lot of money very quickly. Um, $3,500 a week. And secondly, if you get it wrong and you register, there is no penalty. So if in doubt, register. But generally, the the guideline is if you didn't have to register it with the Secretary of State or equivalent, then you don't need to register it. So I think a trust is probably the closest thing we have to that that most of you might be exposed to. Um, they also have a chart here. If you you have a foreign entity, um, then the question is, did you register to do business in, in any state? So for example, if you had a, a company in France that was just doing business in France and wasn't doing business in the United States, wasn't registered here, it wouldn't be required to register. Um, so that's a, a really useful chart. And again, this is on this fin10.gov BOI um, facts. And below that, they give a list of companies that are exempted from the filing requirement. So I'm going to go through this and give you the overview so you sort of get it and also a place for you to get the specifics. So if we look here are the 23 exemptions that they give you. Um, someone who issued securities. Um, a governmental authority, a bank, a credit union, um, a depository institution holding company. I guess that's a probably a bank holding company, money services, businesses, et cetera. What you'll notice about these things is that they're all highly regulated um, businesses. These are ones that are doing a lot of reporting anyway. And so I guess that's why Congress said, all right, these guys don't need to, to register. Um, you know, insurance companies and things like that. These are very highly regulated. You could look at these. I don't think you're going to find, um, you know, if you run a regular business, which I, you know, I perceive that most of my audience are people that either want to be in business or are in business. This is going to include you. You know, if you're running a, a stock brokerage or a bank, then you probably will be exempted. You can take a look at the chart. Um, in a large business like that, you're going to have your own advisors and talk to them and see what they think. Um, but I think the 30,000 foot view is that you do need to register. Um, if you think you don't, just check this chart and see if there's there's an, an exception. I think the exceptions are really just in the category of you're already in a very highly regulated business. So, so that's my thought on it. The trust part, by the way, is, is addressed here. Um, 
If you have a business trust, which is unusual, you'll probably need to register. You want to go through that, get your own advisors on it. If you're in a trust that really is more for taking care of some children or things like that, where it's not registered with the state, then the answer is really going to be no, but just double check on it. And again, you know, my opinion on this, you're better off registering, even if it, you know, puts your name in yet another government database, you're better off registering to avoid, you know, being subject to what could be very severe penalties, either very expensive, or if you have a willful violation, meaning you willfully are not doing it when you should be, then, you know, potentially going to jail. And again, that's not a risk any of us should be taking. So I think that's really great. And I made some notes. I'm just going to refer to these just to make sure I'm covering what I want to cover. The tax status of an entity is not important, whether you have a C corporation um, or an S corporation makes no difference. That's, that's not important. Or whether you have an LLC with a partnership class tax classification, that doesn't matter. So there's that. You might be wondering who who is it you're actually giving information about, and that's what's called beneficial owners and also company applicants. So beneficial owner, the way they talk about it is um, it's an individual who directly or indirectly exercises substantial control over the company or who has at least 25% of the shares. So those two things. And substantial control, they have some definitions. So if it's someone who is a senior officer, president, vice president, treasurer, um, CEO, VP of such and such. So all those people um, need to be, need their information reported. Um, if a person has the authority to appoint or remove officers, or if they could appoint or remove a majority of directors, someone who's an important decision maker, that gets a little scary to me because when they start doing things like that, that gives you a lot to argue about. So again, my advice would be if you're in doubt, over-report, don't under-report because you know the, the, there's not always a bright line over what is required to be reported versus isn't. And if you over-report, you're not going to create a problem for yourself. If you under-report, you provide a place for someone to argue with you and potentially fine you. And I just wouldn't leave leave the government that opening if you can avoid it. And they have, if you, a person that has any form of substantial control over the company, again, very, you know, in, indefinite language, which I really don't like. And well, my suggestion is, it's just over report. You know, if someone's deciding on, and they have some examples, which you could look at over who has substantial control, but if someone could decide to start a new line of business or discontinue an old line of business, um, that person would be deemed to have substantial control. But what you have now is only regulations from FinCEN. You don't have case law, which will be developed over time. And I can just tell you from experience as an attorney, you don't want to be the person litigating to decide who has you know, substantial control or not and to flesh out you know, what are the contours of this regulation. Just report. And that way you don't need to worry about it. Um, and although, you know, depending on your temperament, reporting may be very unattractive, I just wouldn't put yourself in the way of, um, of, of getting fined or potentially put in jail. Um, here's another really important thing. So a couple things on deadlines. If you have an entity now that was formed before December 31st, 2023, um, then you have until January 1st, 2025 to register. So assume that you need to register during 2024. Um, for a new entity, if you form it 
in 2024, then you have 90 days to register with FinCEN. What I would do is just register at the same time you're forming the entity. As you're putting it together, getting your EIN number, um, doing your logo, doing all that stuff, just go ahead and, and get registered. Um, and here's a change. In 2025, once that starts, then entities are going to have 30 days to register from their initially formed. Um, and also very important, if anything changes, meaning somebody's address, a new new officer comes on board, you have 30 days to update your filing. So what I would probably do is put a reminder in your calendar, probably every month, you know, has anything changed that we need to report to FinCEN? You know, it's unfortunately, it's just, it's going to take you a little bit of time, but that's not a problem for us to complain about today. If you complain about that, just talk to your congressman and have them change the law. But, but in the meanwhile, I would put a reminder in your calendar, if any officers have changed, um, if anybody's address has changed, if the company address has changed, just update your FinCEN report. Also that $500 a day fine and up to two years of imprisonment also applies for false or fraudulent information. So be careful and do it correctly. Um, the way that this gets filed is through FinCEN's online website. So you can just go online and do it. Um, and unfortunately, this is still under development. So you know, by the time you see this video, maybe it'll be up and running. Right now, it's not up and running, so you can't actually register anything. Um, hopefully, we'll get that done soon. Um, I guess the soonest anybody could have to put anything in is 90 days after January 1st of 2024 because you would have formed an entity earliest to have to register in 2024 then. So hopefully they'll get it done. Um, probably they will, but but definitely check on that. And you're going to get what's called a FinCEN identifier number. I, I'm guessing that banks are going to start asking for that in connection with your bank account too, to make sure you're compliant because um, they're going to see it as a risk factor for them. And see what other rules things I want to go over. Um, so it is pretty much every entity needs to register except for a trust where it's for your kids or for estate planning purposes, or if it's a highly regulated industry or very large business, everybody else has got to register. So again, whether you have one rental house or a lemonade stand or just an LLC you never did anything with, either get rid of it or register one or the other. You can use professionals to do this. Um, there are some companies and we'll put a link in the down below of a couple of services that are, that are doing this for people. Um, you can, you know, you do want to register with some, or if you're using a professional, use someone who is qualified. And what I think that means is an accountant or an attorney. Um, we have a company that that's going to be doing this, that it's not my company, but I have a relationship with a company that's going to be doing this where they do they offer bookkeeping services, accounting services, um, that they, they're accountants by trade. They also offer business credit services and they're going to be offering this as well. Um, they're not going to be charging for, for filing these. So I think that's good, but you, you know, if you want, just get a professional to do it, but make sure that you alert them if there are any changes. So remember within 30 days of any updates, you got to update them and also double check, you know, when people you know, when people are on your report, like your officers, make sure you just double check with them on addresses because you want to keep all that stuff current and not inadvertently give the government a chance to find you. Oh, another thing, if you, if you terminate the entity, you still have to report it. Um, 
so just for example, say that you had an entity and you're not doing anything with it. You decide oh, I'll just dissolve it now. You still need to register, believe it or not. Um, or if you decide, well, I'm just going to close my entity and not register it. If it's open after January 1st of 2024, you do need to register it regardless of whether it's closed or not in the future. And supposedly these are, are not going to be released under Freedom of Information Act requests. So if, for example, you um, you registered in Wyoming because you didn't want people to have easy access to your address information, um, this is not going to be, this is specifically exempt from the Freedom of Information Act. Um, so hopefully they won't be disclosing it. Uh, again, my fear is that there will be a data leak. And, you know, just these days, that's the way it is. There are data leaks all over the place. So I would just assume that at some point, this is probably going to be a data leak. But I'd also assume that it's not that hard to figure out who the owners of a lot of companies are. But if you're a person that really values your privacy and really wants to be behind the curtains, you should talk to your professional advisor because you may want to, you know, change your structure. You may want to be in a trust or something. It's not registered with the, with the government at all. And, you know, see if you can find a workaround there. Again, if it's a business trust, they're, they're going to try to catch you anyway. But consult with, with your own professionals to see if there's some, some way you can, you can work around it legally and ethically if that's very important to you. If it's not that important, then just register. I, I think for the most part, this is a pretty wide net. It's designed to make you a report and you're going to be jumping through some hoops to try not to report and taking some risk that I wouldn't take. And, and also I can tell you from being the business that I'm in, where we often have to locate people, find their contact information. It's not hard. It's really not. And I'll just give you something simple. If you have in your LinkedIn profile that you're associated with this company, it's pretty easy for us to backtrack everything. And with the databases that are out there that are as easy as a, a you know, a Google search and then a free search through the, through the services, you can find the contact information and home address for most anybody. Unless someone is completely off the grid, you know, maybe living in a nursing home where they don't have any electric account or a driver's license or anything, those people I can't usually find contact info for. For everybody else who's out there living in the world, it, it's the information is just out there. So privacy is just not not really a part of our world so much anymore. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what I wanted to cover. Um, so just thirty thousand foot overview. New law effective January first, twenty twenty four. If you have an existing entity, you need to register it with FinCEN and you have to register it, um, just assume by the end of this year, the official deadline is January 1st, 2025. What you're registering is the corporate officers, important decision makers, uh, people that can appoint board members and things like that. Anybody that holds more than 25% of the shares. Um, so take a look at those rules, assume it's the most important people in the company. Um, if you have a new entity, that you form after January 1st, 2024, then you have 90 days to register it with FinCEN. And for all entities, if anything changes, you have 30 days to report the change to FinCEN. Um, my suggestion again, over-report. When in doubt, just put the information on there and, and let, let it be what it is because it just the penalties are very high. Penalties $500 a day fine, up to two years in jail. So don't subject yourself to that. Um, and just accept that, you know, it's part of the world that we're in where we just have a government that asks for a lot of information all the time. And we can complain about that. We can, we can be upset about it. 
the solution, if you wanted a solution, is Congress. So you can feel free to write your congressman, start a movement to change it. But in the meanwhile, just comply with the law because it, it's going to make your life easier and the fight is not worth it. This is not a, not a fight you want to fall down on because it's easy enough for anybody to figure out who the beneficial owners are anyway. You can take a look at the bank accounts and the federal government has lots of access to that. So, so I would just comply again, just accept that it's as part of the, the, uh, the friction of doing business. You could do business potentially as a, um, as a sole proprietorship, meaning that's not registered with the state at all. So if you just start, you know, Bob Diamond's company or, you know, Bob Diamond operating the world, you wouldn't have to register. So if it's really important to you, maybe that's one way to do it. But again, pretty easy to figure out who the owner is because if you're working as Bob Diamond and you're not incorporated, then you're you're the person. So if they were looking to find you, very easy to do. So anyway, that's that's my take on the Corporate Transparency Act. Um, take a little time, take a little effort, and like I said, if you don't like it, go complain to Congress. Otherwise, just comply with it, and look at that FinCEN website for lots of good information, and look below in the show notes, and you'll see. Um, information on some resources for people that can help you to do these registrations. I don't do them. That's not the kind of work I'd be interested in. I do other kinds of work and wouldn't be that, you know, as you probably know, my main business is overages where I help people who've been foreclosed upon recover lots of money. Um, I'm not looking for other kinds of work. I don't accept other kinds of work anymore. Um, I'm a practicing attorney, but it's my practice is limited to what we can do efficiently and, and making a big difference for people. So if you want to know more about that, you can look at one of our other shows or podcasts and learn more about it. In the meanwhile, there's some resources down below. I hope that this is useful for you. If you have questions, if you put them in, um, I'll go back and, and pick those up at some point. And if necessary, add on to this podcast or do another podcast to answer questions. Um, hopefully this has answered them all. So this is attorney Bob Diamond. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. And I wish you the greatest of success in your business and your personal life.